We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone knows there are many paths to a great draft. Dave Cabin walks us through functionality in the draft dashboard. How do you get the optimal draft from the 107 or any other slot you're assigned in your upcoming high stakes fantasy football redraft league? All that and more on RotoViz Radio. What's up, RotoViz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Cabin, both here from rotoviz.com, two of the owners there. Dave, we're into redraft season now. We've been talking a lot of best ball. You know, earlier in the year, we were talking a lot of dynasty and rookies. I want to take a little bit of a, a adjacent path here this week and focus on high-stakes redraft. We're talking FFPC, Football Players Championship. They've got the new affiliation with Fantasy Pros and its biggest jackpot ever for that tournament. We're going to have uh, the deadline for early draft slot announcement with the FFPC main event coming up right around the corner. So I know the listeners and I know you and I are thinking about, okay, what do those roster managed leagues look like? And getting that additional way to play fantasy to the forefront of our minds as we deal with all the camp news and, and all the planning for 2023. So one great tool that we have that we haven't talked a lot about yet this year, we've done some focus shows in the past years, is your draft dashboard tool. And this is a really cool um, kind of Excel-based way of going through and keeping eyes on all of the important things in your draft. But you've added some functionality for this year that I think is awesome. It, it gives you functionality uh, and optionality at every position in each round based off of the slot that you draw in the draft. And so Dave is going to walk us through, you know, what does it look like if you take a QB in round one? What does that do to the rest of your draft from the 107? Or what if you went early tight end? What are those ADP-based options and how should you be veering your strategy and changing the players that are top of mind for you at the next uh, point of selection in your draft. So this can be a very practical um, and very uh, educational episode. Can't wait for all of you listening to check it out. So if you're at a spot where you can pull up the draft dashboard on rotaviz.com as you listen, I think that'll be highly 
useful to you in this. If not, this may be an episode you want to bookmark and come back to uh, before you do your first draft using the tool. So Dave, that's the lead in. I'm passing it over to you, buddy. Okay. Um, and for those out, those of you out there, if you did want to follow along, uh, we're assuming this is a 12 team league. The ADP source is FFPC redraft. You have a starting quarterback, just one, two starting running backs, two starting wide receivers, a tight end. And you then also have two flex spots that could be running back wide receiver, tight end, um, nine deep on the bench. You have kicker, one kicker, one DST. And the idea of what we're doing, Curtis, when we put these settings into the draft dashboard in this case right here is we're actually doing an exercise pre-draft, um, which is a thing that I think a lot of us at the site do when we're preparing to enter a draft together or when we're preparing for an upcoming draft. One of the ways that we do this is sometimes by working backwards. Another thing we might do is look for pockets of the draft where there's players that we like more than ADP and they become a value to us. But more than that, we like to think about if you're not going in with just that one single sole strategy that you're going to follow your way through, what are the different ways that you can go ahead and attack that draft as it unfolds? Or if you are following that one specific strategy, who are the players that you're making sure that you incorporate into your team? So one of the elements that I added into this year's tool, I'm calling draft paths. And there's two pieces to it. We'll talk about the first piece tonight, but essentially what this does is it gives you a table and for each pick that you're going to have, it shows you a couple of players from each position that based on ADP should be available at that spot in your draft. So said a little bit differently, if I am picking from the seven spot and I have the my and I'm thinking about my fifth pick, which would be draft pick 55. And I want to start to consider if I were drafting a quarterback at that point, what that quarterback might look like. Well, according to redraft ADP, it's going to be something like Justin Fields or Justin Herbert. So you have this full table where you have a couple of options at each position that are likely to be available to you at each pick. And with this visual representation, you can then start to think about how you're actually going to build out your team. Uh, it's a good exercise to go through sometimes, even if you're not using a tool like this, just kind of looking at ADP, sometimes working a team backwards to the top of it. So thinking about those players that you might incorporate in at the end of your roster or sometimes the other way around. But I want to highlight here, Curtis, um, some of the players that you know you might consider at different spots given the ADP situation this year. Because one thing that I do think is important is realizing that when you're playing redraft year to year, it's going to be a slightly different game due to the reactions that fantasy managers have to how things played out in prior seasons. 
So before we start really mapping things out here and thinking about it, I'm going to pause in case there's anything that you think uh, needs to be explained in just a little bit more detail or anything you want to add. No, I think just to reiterate in summary, this is kind of uh, along the mindset of reverse engineering your draft. Uh, Sean's had some uh, articles with, uh, you know, titled that way or something similar uh, to that way over the past couple of years. And every, every time Sean and I have done a main event draft together, we've actually kind of done this exercise. It's like, all right, if, you know, if the, if the players that we like, you know, in round 16 through 18 are X, Y, and Z, and those are guys that we would want on the roster, what does the draft look like before that in order to justify selecting those players at the end? And so this folds right into that strategic line of thinking. And I know, Dave, you've even built some examples of, you know, and, and again, this would solve differently from any draft slot. We're selecting the 107 for this exercise, but, you know, things would change. We've even got options for like, what does a hero RB build look like from the 107? What does a heavy wide receiver early build um, look like? And, and so, I mean, I think there's just all kinds of functionality. And again, that's why I would point people back to the tool on the site um, as you listen to this episode. But even if you don't have the opportunity to pull that up and you know, in your car and you're driving, you're still going to hear about different targets based off of current ADP at different uh, places in the draft. So I think it's a a highly actionable episode and, and can't wait to dig into the top three or four options by round yep. um, in an FPC draft. Okay. All right. I think that sets the stage here nicely. So the final pick Curtis for this team, which would be 223. at quarterback. You're looking at guys like Bryce Young and Desmond Ritter at running back. You have Joshua Kelly, Kevin Harris, uh, the rookie for the commanders, Chris Rodriguez at wide receiver, Josh Downs, Terrace Marshall, Tyquan Thornton. Uh, the tight end options would be players like Hunter Henry and uh, Foster Moreau. So I actually think that there's a couple of players here that I know you and I have mentioned at yeah. both wide receiver and running back. So as you start to think about this team, I'm assuming that there's two guys that, that you kind of start to get excited about. Yeah, I mean, I, I I really have been loading up on on Joshua Kelly again this year for the umpteenth year in a row. Um, I think it's going to be a career year for him with Kellen Moore coming over and and getting in his you know two back system there in in Los Angeles. They're going to play at a faster pace, and there's we know they're going to score a ton of touchdowns. And um, I'll take the under on Austin Eckler's touchdown number from last year. I think Joshua Kelly's going to have more carries than he did last year and more rushing touchdowns than he did last year. And he would obviously go to the moon uh, if Austin Eckler were to go down. So I, I like the idea there. And then at wide receiver, I mean, there's a couple of different interesting options. If you're looking at later in the year, which in redraft, we don't think about that quite as much. Uh, in best ball, we've got to lock in those late year hammers, you know, at the point of the draft and best ball or in, in managed leagues and redraft, like the fantasy players championship. You know, we're probably turning the bottom of this roster. You know, we're going to want to use the players that we draft probably within the first month of the season to justify selecting them unless we're really comfortable with what we've done. I, I like Josh Downs. That's a name. You know, if Anthony Richardson pans out, um, then someone's going to be benefit at wide receiver. And we know they've got Michael Pittman. He's still a little dinged up. But I'm not so sure that Josh Downs can't pass Alec Pierce in year one. So that, that's an interesting name there. We've talked about Taekwon Thornton 
Um, the Patriots wide receiver room still highly up for grabs. And you know, so that's a name that I think is still on our radar. And then Sean recently also wrote about Hunter Henry in a piece last week uh, and how he fits in um, to some drafts where he was uh, trying to get a, a third tight end uh, on one of his rosters. And so I think really any position but quarterback, I'm cool here. But you know, for the sake of the exercise, let's say that we want to select Joshua Kelly in the last round. Right. And this is cool because we already now have a player that we're excited about. And we've shown that there's a couple of options even outside of Kelly. And, you know, after we do this iteration, if you're really trying to prepare for that one draft that you care so much about, you can go back and work all of these different avenues and then have a couple of different strategies. Um, At the 210, you'd have quarterbacks like Kenny Pickett, Brock Purdy. Running backs are going to be Cordero Patterson, Zach Evans, Ronald Jones. You possibly uh, could go for Joshua Cully there as, you know, given at this point in the draft, there's a pretty wide range. He, um, you know, would be around there as well. Wide receivers look like Donovan Peoples-Jones, Curtis Samuel, Jalen Hyatt, Hunter Renfro at tight ends. You've got guys like Dawson Knox, Zach Ertz. So the surprising thing that stands out to me here, Curtis, is there's still players, you know, even at this point in the draft that I'm still... um, thinking could become useful for me yeah i mean i i like i like a lot of these players um so i think there's some structural questions we could ask is this is this a draft where you know from the 107 that we we like what's going to happen early with with qb or do we see ourselves you know definitely drafting to you know again shifting the mentality from best ball to redraft you know you don't always have to take the second qb in the draft you know that's one thing to consider um, and if you do take a second one, you know, is that a guy that's filling in for an early buy situation with the first QB that you take? I mean, there's just so many different layers of strategy on it than there are in best ball. So thinking about Kenny Pickett and Brock Purdy, I mean, Pickett is starting to be a little bit of a trendy, um, a, a trendy name to take a leap in year two with all of the talent at wide receiver. Uh, Purdy looks like he's going to be healthy in San Francisco as an embarrassment of riches at the skill positions. Um, but, you know, I, I think both of us like having a really strong QB one. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm not positive that I want to take a swing at a, a QB at this point in the draft. What if we looked at that wide receiver position? Cause we've got Donovan Peoples Jones who right now, you know, Pending what happens with Elijah Moore, I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones could still be the number two target getter on the Browns or, you know, the number three in an offense where, you know, that they really take a step forward. Curtis Samuel, a uh, really flexible player in the new Eric Bieniemy system that likes to move people around the formation. And then we have some, you know, an upside play with Jalen Hyatt, uh, the electric rookie for the Giants, and then Hunter Renfro, which, who is now, I guess, potentially a rumored cut casualty uh for las vegas would find a job in like two seconds i think yep so um you know I, i'll give you the choice of the receivers but i think that's the the personnel group that i like uh best here i took kelly so why don't you take one of these receivers yeah so i i think here i would really go ahead and pencil in that wide receiver knowing that we're probably going to have some decent options um and it's nice that you could have a couple of guys here that could outplay that adp uh, things break right in their offense and maybe do it by a decent margin. So I, I'll go ahead here and put in Donovan Peoples-Jones, knowing that, you know, it really could either be him or someone like Curtis Samuel, but that's the level of wide receiver 
that we'd be getting at this point. Now, an interesting thing that does stand out to me, Curtis, here as we look at what would be the 199th pick at quarterback, there's Kyler Murray. We all know why. But you do have Matthew Stafford coming off of a down year, right? We've talked about how the Rams could recover. He really, to me, becomes an interesting option if you are going to go with a two-quarterback build, knowing that he's out there at this point, perhaps you could turn to quarterback. Uh, Alternatively, at running back, you have some young players like Dwayne McBride. Uh, You got Malik Davis, who's looking to back things up there, potentially uh, in Dallas, Michael Carter. At wide receiver, the level of players, guys like John Mechie, Tim Patrick, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who we mentioned earlier, uh, Samuel, guys like that. Uh, would be out there at this point. Uh, Hayden Hurst and Luke Musgrave at tight end. So the two groups that stick out uh, here to me again are quarterback and wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think both of those quarterbacks as QB2s, I mean, I think both of those guys have higher upside than than Pickett and Purdy, um, assuming that all four would hit, hit ceilings, you know, this season. I mean, Murray, even if he sits the first month of the season, you're not going to have a situation where you would need to use him, assuming that we go just with two QBs and we select one early. Yep. But, I mean, if if Kyler hits and you can play matchups between potentially two mobile QBs, I mean, that would be really electric. And I also like what you said about Stafford, in particular, if we decided that we wanted to stack him with a, you know, a Rams pass catcher. So the week that we start Stafford, we could go for some um, – uh, uh, what's why it's so it's so late on a Monday um, correlation there. Oh, right. The word correlation. <laughs> Jeez. Um, and then on the wide receiver group, I like, um, you know, John Mechie kind of stands out a yep. little bit. Um, you know, the Houston wide receiver room is really unsettled. And if CJ Stroud is excellent as a rookie, you know, somebody has got to catch those passes. I don't think Nico Collins is, you know, like Everest to climb. So I think right here, I would take either Kyler or John Mechie. And just even saying that, I'm like, how could we not take Kyler Murray? Right, exactly. And the other point that I would make there is knowing that, and you kind of have two outs here, right? Because if you, let's say something happens and you're planning for this and Murray goes, I think knowing that also Stafford's out there could could factor in here. Uh, So I like that having these guys out there does take some of the pressure off there if things don't work out where you could get one of the elite passers or, you know, even if we were looking for somebody like a Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott type of player and that doesn't work out, knowing that these guys factor in later is pretty useful. So we'll say this pick could be somebody like Kyler Murray. Um, knowing that we're not going to be really looking at quarterback in a couple of picks before this uh, pick 186, that same group of running backs that I just mentioned look like by ADP, they'd be the most attractive options available at wide receiver. You have guys like Tank Dell, another option for CJ Stroud, uh, Paris Campbell. So that's the type of caliber wide receiver there. At tight end, you're looking at guys like Isaiah Likely and Jake Ferguson. All right, so here, I'm still not really interested in running backs um, that are coming up by ADP in, in this round. So the names that stick out for me are Paris Campbell at wide receiver um, managed to stay healthy, you know, last year in Indianapolis and now has a chance to be a volume hog in New York. Um, And I also kind of like, you know, if we, 
since this is a managed league and I know neither one of us is going to want to wait too long on our tight end. Um, I don't mind the idea of Jake Ferguson as a sleeper uh, for the Cowboys. Um, so I, those would be the two guys that stand out in this, uh, in this round for me. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, um, I, I kind of think that's where my mind would go um, as well. And knowing that, you know, originally I'd been thinking Paris Campbell, but as I start to look, and obviously those of you listening can't see it, but at some of the names that you'd probably be building in this roster before, I actually like the idea of knowing that somewhere around here is where, we'll build, where we will build in uh, our second tight end, uh, because we likely will go from one of these stronger options a little bit earlier on. Um at pick 175, I think this is an interesting group of the type of running back that you're going to have here. You have guys like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Kareem Hunt, um, Israel Abinaconda, and Gus Edwards. I, I I must say here, Curtis, the Gus Edwards name being around here is pretty interesting to me. At wide receiver, you also have the likes of Jaden Reed, Alec Pierce, KJ Osborne, another Giants wide receiver, and Isaiah Hodgins. And the tight end caliber would be somebody like a Tyler Conklin or an Isaiah likely. Yeah, this is a, this is a little, this feels deader. Uh, I actually think in some ways I like the names in the round after it a little yep. bit more. Um, I don't mind mentioning Gus Edwards here because I mean, you know, with JK Dobbins on the, on the pup, if you believe that there's actually anything to that from an injury perspective and then it's not gamesmanship, then I think that would warrant some interest in Gus. The Ravens did also sign Melvin Gordon. So, you know, I'm not sure what to kind of make of all of that. Uh, we, If we're going to take Jake Ferguson in the round after, then the Conklin and likely picks don't necessarily make a lot of sense here. So it yep. leads us back to wide receiver again. Um, you know, we had talked about Paris Campbell being an option for the Giants. You know, Isaiah Hodgins really kind of led that team once he um, found a role in the offense. So, 
you know, playing the uncertainty of what's happening in New York um, does have a little bit of appeal. Um, and then the other name too, you know, we talked about, you know, for Indianapolis, if Anthony Richardson is going to hit, you know, somebody besides uh, Michael Pittman is going to have to contribute. So, you know, I heard Alec Pierce's name here and we had talked Josh Downs in the final round. So I, I would go with one of the receivers, but we already have a late uh, pick in people's Jones. And we know that we're probably going to load up on wide receiver early because that's how we t- prefer to build. So I don't mind going with one of the, the backs here. And so I can defer to you on the Gus Edwards pick if that's where you're where your head's at yeah i kind of i kind of like going with gus edwards here now the one thing that i do think about here is all right well let's say that gus edwards goes a little bit earlier to plan uh how would i feel about one of these running backs not that we're necessarily locked into them but i think it's useful to consider in this exercise and i think if that were not the case if he wasn't around then i probably would be going probably for somebody like hodgins here Uh, But for our exercise right now, let's say that it's Gus Edwards in the round before that, which would be our, our one, the 162 pick 14th round, 14th round running backs are guys like Ty Chandler, Raheem Mostert, Chris Carson. Wow. I haven't said that name in a while. Um, Obviously some things to work out with ADP as we make our way through the summer. Zamir white wide receivers are Rashid Shahid, Michael Gallup, Van Jefferson, Marvin Mims, tight ends would be Trey McBride, Tyler Conklin. I think that this looks like another spot, Curtis, where you're getting an option of a couple of wide receivers here. I know there's one name that we really like. People are probably already aware. Yeah, we've talked a lot. I mean, yeah, actually, you can make a case for any of these these four guys, mm-hmm. but um, Je- Van Jefferson's walking into the season as the the wide receiver two for his squad. So not only is there upside, uh, for that player, there's also a floor uh, yep. to where you could use him early in the season if you needed to, and you're not, you know, he's not sitting around with Rashid Shahid. I mean, he's the big play waiting to happen, which does have some appeal if we're streaming him, but he has the added competition for targets from Michael Thomas that he wasn't dealing with last year and a new quarterback uh, relationship to navigate. Michael Gallup, you know, we got Brandon Cooks, you know, in there for him to compete with him. And Marvin Mims, as much as we like him early in the season, we expect. Uh, Sutton and Judy to command the lion's share of the target. So looking at this round and the round after, the only comment that I would make is I think I like Raheem Mostert better than Gus Edwards. Mm-hmm. So one thing you could, you know, and this is a value of reverse engineering. If if you like the receivers in the 15th round as much as the 14th round, and I'm not sure that I do. I think I like Jefferson better than any of those other guys, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if I like Jefferson more than Isaiah Hodgins to the degree that I like Raheem Mostert uh, more than Gus Edwards. That being said, I let's just keep going with the build and go with Van Jefferson here. Yep. But that that's again, that's the value of the exercise is, okay, well, I thought I would want to go this path, but let's go a different path instead. For sure. So you, you put in Van Jefferson, and the way this team is shaping up now, it has Van Jefferson, Gus Edwards, Jake Ferguson, Kyler Murray, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Joshua Kelly. And again, the thing that I'll underscore here is we're filling in some of these names now, but you're kind of also just evaluating, uh, you know, if you're going after these positions in a structure like this in these rounds, getting an idea of the quality of what your team is going to look like. At quarterback, Curtis, at 151, you do have guys like Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff. Uh, running backs are going to be players like Donta Foreman, 
uh, Chuba Hubbard, Kenneth Gainwell, the wide receivers. Some of the names we've already mentioned, you add into the bag. Somebody like Zay Jones. Tight ends are guys like Mike Kosicki and Trey McBride. So I feel like this is actually a spot where there might be a couple of players that some of our listeners get attracted to at a specific position and they could kind of use that as, as one of the anchors, if you will, of the back half of their roster, the back quarter of their roster, depending on how uh, many positions are in their league. Yeah, I don't see the value as much at the wide receiver position here. Um, so I think it makes sense to look at the other three. With Gesicki, um, you know, we still don't, we like Gesicki in best ball, but we still don't really know exactly if he's even going to be the main guy. Like it still could mm-hmm. be Hunter Henry and Trey McBride. Trey McBride is kind of interesting because, you know, we really liked him as a prospect and we've already got Kyler Murray on this roster. But I just don't know, you know, already having Jake Ferguson in hand as our sleeper, you know, young sleeper pick, second year tight end. I don't know if we want to build a roster around multiple breakout tight end candidates. Yep. So I go to quarterback or or running back. We're not going to draft three quarterbacks. And I would prefer to have higher upside from our QB1 than Rodgers or Goff. So that just lands us in the, the running back room. Sure. Um, we can either go with a high upside handcuff in, in Chuba Hubbard. You know, Miles Sanders has had a lot of injury history. It's a new team. Um, or we could go with, you know, a player that actually was pretty excellent when he held down the fort last season in Jeff Wilson. Now, the Dolphins did draft Devin a chain, um, but they they brought Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson back. There's been a lot of discussion, including on this podcast, about Mostert and a chain maybe being the overlap and Wilson being you know, the, the bigger runner who would get the the carries in closer to the end zone, regardless of who that other running back is. Mm-hmm. And the Dolphins actually gave Wilson a little bit more money on his two-year deal than they gave Mostert. So I think all that being said, you know, on a team where we're going to need some uh, second half of the draft running back options, I would take Wilson or Hubbard here. And I lean Wilson uh, personally, but if, if you've got a crush on Hubbard, I wouldn't care. No, that's fine. So I think we'll go ahead and put... Wilson in here. So we now have Wilson and Edwards um, at the running back spots for our team so far. Uh, and, and Josh Kelly, right? So we've, mm-hmm. we've, we've penciled in three later round running backs that we feel uh, pretty decent about. Um, and all three of these running backs come from just explosive offenses that can score tons of touchdowns any given week. So if we're going to yep. have to stream one of these running backs, I mean, the two touchdown week is in play for many of these guys. For sure. Which is a nice thing to definitely a nice thing to have. So pick 138, Curtis. I think this is where there's a couple of, of interesting. We start seeing some more interesting options getting in to the mix at quarterback Uh, Daniel Jones and Geno Smith uh, likely to be available at running back. The caliber of players, somebody like a Devin Singletary, a Chase Brown, Jerome Ford, Leonard Fournette, wide receivers, uh, Rasheed Rice, Adam Thielen, Tyler Boyd, Darnell Mooney, and the tight ends at this point would be somebody like a Jawan Johnson or an Irv Smith. Um, So I I think here you're seeing a higher caliber of player um, at the, well, Probably, I think most people actually, you know what? I'm, I'm going to retract that statement and say, maybe it's just at quarterback. 
you might be you might be muted sir Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, my son came in asking for Band-Aids and medicine. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I can't really respond to what you said there exactly, but I will say Geno Smith has a little bit of appeal. Sean had an awesome article that was like 8,000 words on why Jackson Smith uh, um, could be a key to 2023, and he would be a player we might be interested in. So the idea of stacking him with Geno Smith um it's fine and Gino might be like the worst QB1 that I'd be willing to live with on a team depending on how we build it uh don't like the running back options do like some of the wide receiver options don't think we need to go tight end here um in, unless we're going to draft three tight ends so um let's see here from a wide receiver perspective now with the injury to Kadarius Tony uh Rushi Rice is is interesting as a breakout Chiefs candidate, but I just I just don't know, man. It still just feels like it's going to be Kelsey and then everybody else. So I I mean personally, I'm not writing Adam Thielen off yet. I we I've been trying to get you to draft him in some of our <laughs> Slack chats over the past couple of days and our best ball drafts. Listen, I I think I mean, Adam Thielen is exactly the type of wide receiver that could be a rookie QB's best friend. Everything out of Carolina at this point in the season has been rave reviews. We know he's very efficient uh, in the red zone. And I'm not saying that he would be a weekly starter, but I mean, if Bryce Young's actually good, I mean, Adam Thielen is definitely going to lead this team in targets. Um, like I think, I mean, if Adam Thielen stays healthy, he's going to get a hundred plus targets from Bryce Young this year. So I think that carries a lot of value. And we can't say that about the other receivers in the offense, Tyler Boyd streamable, but frustrating Darnell Mooney, same. I mean, I, I personally would prefer to go Geno Smith or Adam Thielen here. Yeah, I, I think that um, what would make the decision for me as we're working through it this way is knowing that uh, the Kyler Murray options out there, like we said earlier, Matthew Stafford. So I'd be okay mm -hmm. going past Geno here. And I think that the yeah. wide receiver, somebody like Adam Thielen, I would like to get onto this so team. So I want to make one more comment. Sure. Not, and this isn't tied just to Thielen, yep. but it's the it's the in a redraft league um the thought behind taking a guy like Thielen who many people would just say is busted um the thought about taking him here is Dave and I know the value of hitting on an, a rookie wide receiver or a year two wide receiver and if we want to be risky in the in the first half of the draft um you know we we do need to have some production early Yep. And Blair Andrews has written several articles on the importance of taking risks at the right point of the draft. Oftentimes people like to, to select those, you know, retread uh, veterans through those middle single digit rounds because they're familiar. Um, but that is where you have the chance to really outperform, you know, ADP, like taking, um, you know, taking Michael Thomas in, in the eighth round, you know, is actually, I think, far riskier than taking Adam Thielen here. It's at a four-round discount. The, the the idea behind both of those players is the same. They have they were once both capable of, you know, high-volume roles and, and leading their teams. Um, but we would rather, in that area where we have access to Michael Thomas, take a player like Quentin Johnston or Elijah Moore, who could really explode and outperform ADP. So, that the thought here is that a it's a little bit of protection if we're wrong on one of these bigger swings in the single digit rounds but also even if we're right 
we don't necessarily have to miss on production from a player we might start in Thielen in September while we're waiting for a younger player to really, um, you know, earn earn the role that that we've envisioned. For sure. Um, with that in mind, we will look ahead now to the 127 pick where the caliber of quarterback is somebody like Kirk Cousins, who we've all heard me talk about many, many times waxing poetic about Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. Daniel Jones. Um, also, the running backs are somebody like Tyler Algier, Roshan Johnson, Ty J Spears. Um, at wide receiver, this is where you have guys like Odell Beckham, Alan Lazard, who we've talked a lot about, Rondell Moore, uh, again, uh, Rasheed Rice, and tight ends would be a Cole Komet level uh, or Sam Laporta type tight end. So I, I think here, some interesting running back options. Uh, wide receiver, it's an interesting mix, Curtis. Of course, we know yeah. that I like Lazard. I think tight end here, um, though we historically have liked Cole Komet, um, I'm not sure that the, the wide receiver, excuse me, the tight end here, I'm too jazzed about um, knowing if we're going for a build, we're going to have a strong tight end. So even if we're thinking about maybe if we wanted to adapt our path, I think I'm still okay going with somebody like Ferguson and not going from one of these level tight ends. Yeah, I agree. And while I do like some of the running backs, um, notably Tyler Algier, because I think, you know, there's a case to be made for a second back being viable in Atlanta. And then he would obviously, we, we know he would be very valuable if, uh, you know, Robinson either A, isn't used the way that we think that he's going to be used or B, would be injured. I still think the value here is probably at receiver. And you can make a case for any of these guys, but we just took a veteran um, that, that we think is penciled in as his wide receiver one on his team. So taking a swing on Beckham or Lazard may be less attractive when we know we've got Thielen the round after. I like the idea of Rondell Moore or Rasheed Rice here as a potential breakout option. We do have Kyler late. If Kyler plays for the season and, and Rondale is the number two option in Arizona, I really like the the option of, I mean, A, playing Rondale solo, but then also correlating the two um, in the weeks where we would opt to start, to start Kyler Murray. We did... The benefit that we have with Rondell Moore is, uh, you know, the first half of the season, you know, last year when he was playing, you know, he was really productive. So I, I like the idea of going with Rondale, but I think you could, on the same strategic rationale, you could take Rice. Right. So here, I think we'll pencil in more, um, but I think that uh, the reality here is we're we're looking for a younger wide receiver yeah. that we think has the chance to. Uh, you know, have some sort of a breakout, have a nice explosive year on comparison to what that ADP might say. We're going to do one more pick here, Curtis, and I think we'll pause for this episode because I think this is starting to get pretty dense. A lot of names, a lot of information flowing around, and I think that listeners uh, should go back and look at some of these players later in ADP and start thinking about for the redraft teams who some of those players might be so as they hear us talk through the rest of these options in the next episode with the higher level players they might have some of their back-end players in mind at the pick uh 114 which would be our 10th pick the quarterbacks are guys like Dak Prescott Anthony Richardson at running back you have Jarek McKinnon Elijah Mitchell Tank Bigsby Jalen Warren wide receivers would be uh Romeo Dobbs Juju Smith-Schuster Jacoby Myers Nico Collins tight ends would be Greg Dulcich, Tyler Higby. Any of these positions stand out to you um, as being one that should be targeted at this point in the draft? 
here is where I like quarterback and tight end yep. um, in, in this round. So with, with the one, with the one caveat being Jarek McKinnon, um, but I mean, I think the rest of that position, I'm not, not quite as interested in. So at tight end with Dulcich, you know, the idea being that Sean Payton has funneled his uh, passing game through tight ends before he was a good pro uh, prospect. He's highly athletic and it's a chance to kind of uh, reestablish Tyler Higby actually super valuable in tight end premium formats. And if you, you know, don't, believe in van jefferson is the option number two in la it, then it, i would default to tyler higby uh so i like you know higby here is a potential tight end one option bailout option but we could even draft him thinking that it's more of a win the flex type selection and then with dak prescott and anthony richardson i mean those are both guys that could you know i could see either one of them you know producing at the level of say you know, Deshaun Watson or uh, Trevor Lawrence both being taken several rounds earlier. So with knowing that we've already taken Kyler Murray as kind of our mobile quarterback later in the draft, that I think probably eliminates Richardson. We don't want to carry three quarterbacks, but the, the, the basis for the pick is similar and neither one would be a guy that you'd probably be able to start in September anyway. Um, so I go, Dave, to, you know, after thinking through all of that, either Jarek McKinnon or one of the tight ends. Uh, we'll have to see how this balances out in the next episode, and maybe we even leave this pick hanging. But if if, if we're going to do this in reverse order, um, I'm going to say Tyler Higby uh, right now uh, because it does give us the option as we move forward to not take a tight end earlier than this in my mind. Yeah, and I'm curious to see where that goes. So I think that we will go Higby. And one of the things that helps me make this decision here is when I consider that player uh, in comparison to the rest of their position um, here, he really stands out. Now, of course, one thing that could happen would be that Higby gets drafted before and then we're looking at uh, you know a piece of this plan that didn't come to fruition. But knowing that there would be other options you could pivot to like a Jarek McKinnon here. Uh, yeah. Or even if you if you know kind of went into a panic state and had to go with somebody like a Juju, um, mm -hmm. that would be okay as well. So I think we'll pencil in Tyler Higby. We'll uh, see how this thing continues to develop uh, in our next episode, and then maybe when that's all done, we'll take a quick look and think about some things that we could have done differently. Again, shedding light on the different ways that you can plan for your upcoming redraft leagues and start to have some contingency plans in place as you prepare uh, to just go ahead and crush things. Curtis, you just froze. I can't tell if you were trying to get in another thought there, or if you were just pleased with the way that I was about to wrap this thing up. I don't know if I'm still frozen, but if I am unfrozen, I was just pleased with your uh, recap of the show. So we'll be back later this week. We'll, uh, we will complete the, the front half of the draft, see how it turns out. In the meantime, go to rotoviz.com, check out the draft dashboard designed by the one and only Dave Cabin. Uh, take a look at it in your next uh, redraft league on myffpc.com. Um, and just a reminder, uh, I was on SiriusXM this past weekend and extended an opportunity for a discount uh, to subscribers. And so I'm going to just float that to our listeners one time. If you use code SiriusXM, um, you can save on various levels of our 
uh, subscriptions, including $20 off a two-year sub, uh, $10 off a one-year sub, or half off your first month of a monthly sub. That's code SiriusXM at checkout on rotoviz.com. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.